Listener Production. Hello and welcome to Willow Talk. Great to be alongside myself, Adam Peacock, with Brad Haddon once again. Hads, how are you? Mate, it's good to have the captain back. Um, <laughs> oh, I know you were, um, you're on a bigger budget than everyone else. You're yeah, up yeah. in a penthouse on, on, the, on the Gold Coast with the candy man enjoying, the <laughs> <laughs> enjoying some time off. But what a 24 hours it's been. Yeah, a bit to talk about. So we're, we've got it in the rear vision mirror. Over 24 hours ago, Australia uh, getting handed a pretty hefty defeat first up, even though it could have looked a bit better at the Cricket World Cup. And don't forget, we're covering everything here uh, on Willow Talk with reviews straight after Aussie Games of the World Cup and then the extended version of the podcast, the regular version of the podcast twice a week, like we're doing right now. We've got a special guest from News Corp cricket writer, Ben Horn. Benny, how are things, mate? Very good, guys. Thanks for having me in. Are, they, um, are things better than what Andrew McDonnell and co have to um, consider after that defeat in Chennai against India? Yeah, look, I mean, the result itself, I suppose they lost to the tournament favourite. So it's not the end of the world from that point of view. But I think it did expose some issues that Australia have that aren't going to be easily fixed. The top of the list is only having one spinner. Mm. Yeah, it, it's caused an imbalance in the side. The injury to Ashton Agar and Travis Head's injury has put pressure on the rest of the squad. They only had 13 players to choose from last night. So um, I think that's going to be an ongoing issue. Well, the interesting thing is that Australia have gone into the World Cup with a pace mindset, and, and that's worked in the past for, for different teams. I've seen South Africa do it in the past where you own the stumps, you use the up and down bounce. And, well, we've seen India play with three fast bowlers, mm. and, and they've got three world-class fast bowlers that they've left one out. Hardik Pandya gives them the balance. We, we've got that in our team as well. We've got a couple of all-rounders. But not to have the option to, to play the, the second spinner, yeah. I, I think something I hope doesn't come back to bite us at the back end of the tournament. But would it have mattered against India? That's the thing. Like it, it was yeah. going well, three for two, and all of that. And yeah, and look, I think you have to say that Australia needed more than two hundred on the board. I mean, I think to start with, they were short um, in the run scoring department, and the middle order is a concern. To go from two for one hundred and ten to then being bowled out for less than two hundred, that was the starting point of the issues. But if Mitchell Marsh takes that catch, I think the result is probably different. I can't see us winning the World Cup if we don't get off to Flyers, personally. Mm. that That's our only way because then, like, we've seen it um, when Australia played a, a little bilateral series, I think it was early in the year or last year, and they were none for our – well, they were chasing 110 and they got it in 10 overs. That style mm. has – I can't see us eking our way to 280-300 and getting there – and being okay with that. They've they got to blow teams away, in my opinion. Well, Yourself? If you, you're going to have to play the situation. If you look at the way the game panned out, the game was set up for Marnus and Steve Smith just to control those middle overs. Hmm. You have to bat a bit like test cricket, go at four and five and over. And if you get to 240, you win that game. There's going to be moments during the World Cup where you get a, a really good surface, then we've got the power to take it on and, and get the 350. But Or do yeah, a South Africa and go further. 400, they're, they're, they're doing that as well as anyone in the world. But you've got to pick your situation. We felt 30 short with the bat, and Steve Smith and Marnus are picked for that role. That, that's their role to own it. you got your power at the end. So I think we're set up fine. It's only the first game in the tournament. I know we're talking about the spinners. I think our fast bowlers can can play a role. But it was a game where you can sit back and you can pick apart and you think that's probably one that got away. Not that in, India, yes, they played well, but it's a game that got away from us. Luck now? What does that throw up usually? Well, that's the pitch report, Tony Greg. Well, the pitch report is they've relayed it. 
So okay. it, it's a new surface. So I know during the IPL, it, it did some interesting things. So they've relayed that surface. Yeah, and we've got to get straight back on the horse and, and play a South African team that I, I tell you what, mm. since the, they're down 2-0 from Australia, they've, they've done nothing wrong. Their power in that middle overs are as good as anyone in the world. They've found some form. Absolutely. Can you see a, a mid-tournament twist from Australia if, if you get like – Four matches in, and they go. You know what? We've stuffed this, Travis. Yep. Take care of yourself. We'll bring yeah, someone else absolutely. in. Absolutely. I mean, I, I wrote a comment piece yesterday saying that if Marcus Stoinis can't get himself fit for this game against South Africa, I think they have to seriously consider making a call there. Obviously, you can only replace injured players. You can't just replace yep. players willy nilly. You need to have a reason. Marcus Stoinis missed the first game with a hamstring in the 2019 World Cup. They carried Stoinis through the whole tournament, and unfortunately, he couldn't get himself right. And it was a, it was a big had a big impact on Australia's chances. And with the decision they've made on Head, as harsh as that is on Stoinis, it does put pressure on on when he comes back. I just don't think they can wait indefinitely for him to be right. If he's fit, he is in the best eleven, and Australia will be better if if Stoinis is in the lineup. But he's only good to them if he's fit, and if he can't get up for the game against South Africa, I would seriously look at bringing in Nathan Lyon or if you're worried about where he's at with his recovery, another spinner. He sent the text, didn't he, Nathan? Have you yeah. seen him? Or he lives yeah, near I've, you. Yeah, I've seen him hobbling there. around the road. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's making a comeback uh, next week um, yeah. in grade cricket for Northern Districts. But you've got young Sanger over there. Um, he, he did well, really well, actually, in the last one-day game against India. And he bowls differently to Zampa, so he, he could complement the squad. Or you've got Murphy if you want another uh, finger spinner. But, yeah, they've got some decisions to make. It's the first game of the tournament. I, I'm comfortable with the team they went in with. Um, they if they had take that catch. We're, we're not having these conversations. Mm-hmm. It's four for twenty. They've decided to to go on with pace bowling. That's their strength. Is the the spinner coming in a better bowling than the third quick? That that's a question. Mm-hmm. You can't just play a spinner because you think he's going to make a difference. <laughs> and that is one of the biggest questions. And I don't expect an answer from you guys because it's just it's an absolute hypothetical. If we go down that path, but who is the third quick? Who are the first two that keep like that? Is such a rough call. On the one, if they decide to go two quicks, and the key word in this sentence is if, yeah. mm. but if they decide to go with two quicks, who misses out of those three? Well, I mean, the only reason it's a complicated question is because Pat Cummins is the captain. But to me, it's at this stage, we've only had one game of the tournament, but I would have said this leading into the tournament based on their records and how they've gone over the last couple of years, but I would have Hazelwood and Mitchell Stark as the top two seeds. Massive call. Well, they're your two best fast bowlers. You've got Steve Smith to captain if he has to. So, mm. But I, I think Australia are comfortable with their squad. I, I think they're comfortable with three fast bowlers. I think they found out a, a little bit um, yesterday because Marcus Stornis' injury. I think if he's right, he, he, he comes into that middle or he plays a role with his slower balls. As I said, they take their chances. We're, we're, we've got a different conversation going on. And the, the point I was making, like it sounds harsh on Stornis because by all accounts – it's, it's not serious. He should be back soon. But mm. I guess I'm just talking generally, like with the imbalance they've got in the squad with only one spinner, I just think if there's any fitness issue through the World Cup, they have to be ruthless about it. Because even though I would have Marcus Stoinis as in the, in our best 11, like I'd have Mitchell Marsh, Marcus Stoinis as the automatic all-rounders you'd pick, but they do have Sean Abbott. They do have Cameron Green. They've got depth in that area. Where they don't have depth is there's no second spinner. Yeah. 
And same goes with Travis Head. If they can't be sure that he's back in the middle part of the tournament, then who'd be a selector? Hads, who'd be a selector? <laughs> well, it's the thing about Marcus Stone. He's in, he's in the eleven. He's in our best eleven. But because the the squad is the way it's at the moment, what you got to do now is you just got to push him. You, you got to say we need you right for this game. If he breaks down, that's disappointing, uh, and he misses the World Cup. Yeah. But with so many injuries, you're already carrying one in. And then you've got a decision to make. So a bit of luck. He's, he's right for this game against South Africa. We'll need his power hitting at the back end of the game. Yeah, they've got some decisions to make. Just a quick one on India. We touched it on it yesterday in the World Cup yeah. edition straight after the match hads. But, I mean, what more do India have to give? Probably, obviously, top of the order. <laughs> they're, they're not going to be um, yeah. three for two in many games. But I felt like watching it, I don't reckon they could have got more out of their bowling unit. And they did restrict Australia to 200. But on another day, does even though they bowl that well, does the opposition still get 260, 270 and make life difficult? I'm, what I'm trying to say is it looks great for India, but yeah. is it that great? Well, I, I think if you look at India's squad, they've got all bases covered. And we've seen that in, in this game because they had Mohammed Shemi sitting on the sideline. He's as good as any new ball bowler in this competition. They brought Ashwin in, who wasn't even in the original squad. They, they picked him for this – exact moment. So I think India have got all bases covered. They've got um, Rispin, they've got Dadeja who bowled during the middle. And there's a lot of talk leading into the tournament about Dadeja's spot in the team. He, he's had a lean 12 months, but come the big events, he owned those middle overs and for those exact wickets we got against India versus Australia. But I, I think they're well balanced. The only mm. thing that'll oh, hinder them is the pressure of a, a World Cup event at mm. home. They, they haven't been great in World Cup events since 2011, can they handle the pressure as a tournament goes on? Yeah, I get the feeling this is a bit different with how just how experienced they all are. Mm. Like they, they they don't have guys that are learning yeah. on the job. If you know what I mean, they, mm. they, they, all the IPL experience with all those guys, they, they're, they're key guys. I'm talking about. It's yeah, there's, there's not a lot of unknowns there. Yeah, no, they look very good to me. And you know, the win against Australia will be a huge confidence booster because, as you say, there's a huge amount of pressure being the home team, especially when you're India. Uh, but getting that win uh, against Australia will will do them the world of good and they can sort of build into the tournament now. And uh, Shubman Gill was a big loss for them as well huge. in mm. that game. So you get him back and they look even better. So let's get into our next section, which is a new one. It's yes, no waiting. And we're going to rule out the usual in the park Saturday afternoon one of sorry, which happens a fair bit. And it's already been <laughs> echoing throughout early October here in Australia with <laughs> junior the, cricket. Yeah, junior. Oh, sorry. <laughs> or, or the the worst one, which usually gets a run after a few beers on a Saturday afternoon, which is a uh, four letter swear word. But no, yes, no waiting. So I want an answer of these points that I'm going to bring up about. Yep, absolutely. No, you're an idiot has been said from time to time, or waiting, not sure. So here we go with the first one. South Africa have the most powerful batting lineup in the tournament. Now, they posted five for 428 against Sri Lanka, three centuries in that as well. First time a team's done that at a World Cup. Extraordinary statement to start with. But are we saying they're the bee's knees and they've got the most with the bat at this stage? Yes, but the question you're asking, have, have they got the most powerful yeah. batting lineup? Yes. Yes. Can they perform at the World Cup and, and take that to a, a final? I'm going to throw a little bit extra in there. No. No. Not even a waiting. Well, well his, history says there's going to come a time where, where pressure's on and they're going to fall short. But do they have the most powerful batting lineup? 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I would say yes as well. But I don't think they have the best overall batting lineup. I'd still have India. Okay. You? Fair enough. 
have the most powerful batting lineup in the tournament was the question. Yes, we've seen it. It's funny, like with South Africa's history in World Cups, but maybe they they're sort of at rock bottom as a cricketing nation yep. at the moment. Uh, obviously, that's more Test level, but perhaps being in that position might actually help them. You know, um, mm. the expectations are lower, and they do have some outstanding cricketers there. So yeah, be I'd like to see them have a good tournament. Early crow, this is a bit like in the footy when someone scores a spectacular try or, or someone scores a spectacular goal in the opening round of a of a new football competition is uh, Judd Age's ball to dismiss Steve Smith will end up being ball of the tournament. Now, there's a lot of balls left in the tournament, plenty <laughs> of balls. So it angled in, pitched middle, bites, took the top of off. It was a beautiful delivery. Got rid of one of the finest batsmen the game has ever seen. But it'll be end up the ball of the tournament, Ben? Be in the conversation. I'll, I'll say waiting. Waiting. Mm. Okay. No. Adamant about it, aren't you? I've got a feeling we're going to see another ball like 2015 yeah. from Mitchell Stark in a bigger moment. Okay. Mm. So the moment counts for ball of the tournament, not just the quality yeah. of delivery in any set time. Yeah. Was it was it as good as it looked, Hads? Or could Steve Smith – will Steve Smith look back – I'll rephrase. Will Steve Smith look back and go, I really should have dealt with that? I, I think someone of Steve Smith's class will. If he had got his foot a little bit over to – Across the middle and off stump, I, I think he would have uh, he would have covered it. But it's still a good ball, but I, I don't think it's going to be the ball of the tournament. Why did some of those deliveries from the Indian spinners look just almost unplayable? What what happens when you you face it? Because it they're not bowling, It's not like a, a quick. You know, you got time to judge the line and length and so. Or does it just do something on the pitch that you're not quite certain well, about? I listened to Jadeja's comments, and he said all I was doing was throwing the ball at the stumps. One would turn, one would skid. And that is a batsman that that plays with your feet straight away. The first couple of balls, if you see one turn, mm. then you're thinking, okay, is he going to beat me on the outside or is he going to beat me on the inside? As soon as you've got that doubt in your head, you're gone as a batsman. So the big one with the left arm spinner is not getting caught on the inside. Yep. The straight ball is normally the one to get you. And if you get beaten on the outside, well, well life goes on. It was, it was just the inconsistency of the turn. When one's too skid, one bounces, one doesn't bounce, and then one turns, that's when you can create and, some doubt in your head. And even he didn't know that it, no, it was No, he said to, that. Yeah. He didn't know which one was going to turn. That's one thing I was going to ask you, Hads, was Australia batted, chose to bat first in yep. that match. And usually, if it's going to turn, you would bat first. Yep. But And obviously, the Indian spinners are yep. on another level in terms of their, their quality. But gripping the ball did seem really difficult for the Australians. Um, did they make the wrong call in batting first? And is that something they might have to rethink? You know what? I, I like the batting first. I, I know in, in India it's the other way around because everyone's worried about the Jew, but I, I still think the pressure of a World Cup and runs on the board are, are going to be the telling factor in this tournament. So I like the decision. I, I think if they had to sum the conditions up a little bit quicker and, and Marnus and Steve Smith had to play a role. Kerry had a role to, to play during that those middle overs and said, okay, this is a bit of test match batting here. Let's get to 240 or, or 200 with six overs to go. If we've got wickets in hand, we, we can go at 10 for the last five or six. But I, I think we probably didn't sum up conditions quite quick enough to say four and five and overs mm. where we need to be. Now, I don't know if you were listening last week to the World Cup preview, Benny, but um, old mate over here, he's been asked the question, who's going to score the most runs at the World Cup? Mm. You know what he's chimed in, chimed in with? Devin Conway. Right. 
So what we're going to do now is not talk about Devin Conway. <laughs> we're going to talk about Rachel Ravindra, who has his first name is, in fact, the combination of Rahul Dravid and Sachin Tendulkar because his his parents are obviously got Indian lineage and um, he plays for New Zealand. This kid, he's the find of the World Cup. Yes, no, or waiting. Okay, he's twenty three years of age. He's already played three tests and thirty odd white ball games. So it's not as if he's he's dropped out of the sky for this tournament. However. To front up, first up against England, 123 not to win the game and chase down what England posted against what on paper looks like a pretty good attack. Uh, so we're thinking fine of the World Cup. Was there going to be someone else that pops up? I'm going to say yes. Hmm. And uh, I love the, you know, just the <laughs> the storyline of, of his first name and playing in India. I, I just love that win for New Zealand, doing it without Kane Williamson. And, hmm. you know, you have a couple other guys step up. So I'll say yes. I'm going to say waiting. He's a 23-year-old young man. He was outstanding in the first game of the whole tournament. There's still seven more to play. Um, so I'm going to say waiting. But what will be interesting now, he's 23. He's not He's not known around the world. Now he is. Mm. Everyone knows him. You look at him a lot more closely in, in the team meeting now. So I'm going to say waiting and see if he can do it again and again to, to get New Zealand to a semifinal. Yes, no waiting. England bowling attack needs a rethink after the Kiwi catastrophe. So Mark Wood, none for 55 or 5. Where was that in the ashes, you bastard? Mo <laughs> um, <laughs> and Ali and Rashid, unthreatening really. I mean, everyone was unthreatening when Conway and uh, Ravindra got going. And Ben Stokes, no certainty to even play. They're saying he's not going to bowl. Now, the word is, I read a report in the Times a couple of days ago that Ben Stokes, he, he fronted up for, for training, looked in absolute discomfort batting went upstairs, hobbled up the stairs, came back down, did a couple of run-ups, not even with the ball. It was two or three and he was done. He was back inside. So we'll wait and see what happens against Bangladesh in the, the next few games. But England bowling attack needs a rethink. Yes, no, waiting. I'm going to say no. Uh, I think England's quality in white ball cricket has been proven now over a few years and they dropped matches at the 2019 World Cup. They dropped one in the last T20 World Cup. So I think that obviously Ben Stokes' situation is is an issue, but I think they can trust their bowlers to come good over the course of the tournament. I'm going to agree with you, Benny. Um, I think that was the best attack they've got. Uh, Mark Woods, he's one of those bowlers that are going to have days like that. He bowls at 150 mm. Ks. The ball can fly around in India. Well, I think Ben Stokes has become a distraction though. Um, there's a lot of talk about um, him at the start of the tournament. He's come out of retirement. Um, he, he's obviously taken more Jason Roy's spot, it looks like now, because Harry Brooks come in. So I, I think their bowling attack is, is, is as strong as it gets. I, I think that's their weak part of their game, and, and, and that's the best they've got at the moment. So I, I say no also. Yes, no waiting. Netherlands to win at least one game. Now, they had Pakistan three for 38. Well, they posted 286 and they were themselves two for 120 but bowled out for 205. So there was little inklings there that they're a decent side and they're going to trouble at least one of the big guns and maybe pick up a, another one. Yes, no, waiting Netherlands to win at least one of their nine games. No. Nah. No. Yeah, I'm going to say no as well. I'm going to say yes. Who? Sri Lanka. Well, actually – They'll not. They'll knock off a, a, like a – and I view with all due respect to Sri Lanka, a mid-tier team mm. – like I'd say Bangladesh and Afghanistan. Or Afghanistan are probably better than Bangladesh yeah. at the moment, given all the problems behind the scenes in Bangladesh. But Afghanistan above them. But, yeah, just what we saw from Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka's bowling is ordinary. Well, Ooh. here's one for you. Mm -hmm. I had Sri Lanka in the semi-final at the start of the tournament. 
Then they lost uh, Hasaranga and Think Shana, and now they look a very ordinary team. But yeah. I, I, I think the Netherlands will play their best games in the first few. Then the tournament's going to become really, really hard for them. We're going to go back to these. So if Netherlands are like <laughs> against India, they, uh, <laughs> India post two for six hundred. Um, yeah. Anyway. We'll, We'll keep an eye on these. But this is definitive. We can make the call on this right now, this <laughs> next one. Swimming with your eyes closed. Yes, no waiting. Adam Zampa, you, you might have noticed him on the coverage last night. If you weren't across the story, you go, what, what has he been doing? <laughs> like him and Marcus Stornis have a little wrestle in the in in the room or something like that and a bit of elbows flying. But no, Adam Zampa <laughs> cut his face after he swam into the pool steps with his eyes closed at the hotel pool. Yes, no waiting. Do you swim with your eyes closed? Yes. We've all done it. You've all come, you've got the stroke just wrong and headbutted the end of the wall. We've, we've all done it. Obviously, you need some goggles, Adam Zampa, but yes, we've all done that. <laughs> Have you? No, I haven't done it. I'd say yes to doing it in a hotel pool, especially in, if there's little kids in the hotel in pool. You know India. What in India as well. The chlorine, you might not be able to swim through it. Mm. But yes, well, no. as a, as a, Contact lenses wearer. Um, <laughs> I, I would always be having my eyes closed in the in the water, but I wouldn't be trying to make the Olympics in the hotel. Pool listen, either. listen. It, there's a little thing you can do when you're swimming. Like, I've done a lot of swimming, especially in ocean pools as well, where you can swim with your eyes open because it's salt water, it's beautiful clear water. However, when you know you are getting, and you know when you're getting relatively close to the wall, you don't look over your shoulder. You look straight at you. You rise yourself out of the water and you have a little look straight ahead. Just know, get your bearings. <laughs> so Adam Zampa. <laughs> well, we know Adam Zampa for a normal human being. <laughs> My understanding, it, it wasn't a straight line swim. Oh, no. He had his eyes shut and started to veer oh, off to the which left. Which can happen. Yeah, which can happen and then met the side of the pool. Yeah, but yeah. Australia have a lot of problems with swimming pools in India. Yes, they do. Mate, it was Pakistan, wasn't it, with Kerry? Well, yeah, it was too. Alex Kerry just sort yeah. of... <laughs> Just walked into the pool and didn't see the pool. So maybe they have a problem with water. Alex might need to fall in the pool again because he's <laughs> when he did that last time, his form sort of went, went like this. So Adam Zampa, breaststroke or just cold showers, mate. That's probably. Hey, but how, how many times or two? I, I don't know how many times our medical staff has had to stitch someone's head up from an accident in the pool on tour. What's the, what's the <laughs> dumbest thing you've seen on tour happen? Like away from. How long like have we got? A, a dumb injury that's happened perhaps away from that alcohol maybe wasn't involved. The dumbest injury. Like a dumb, stupid thing you've Give seen. Give me a bit. I'll, I'll think about it. You put me on the spot. Okay. Well, we'll be back in a second. Hads is going to have a think. We're back and Hads has got it. He's got a dumb injury before we get into our next sec- <laughs> section. I, I have and I went through the top five. Mm. And the same guy came up in all five. So I've just got to pick one. Ryan Harris. <laughs> what did he do? Ryan Harris was pretending he was an AFL umpire <laughs> for two of the fast bowlers to have a tap off and whatever they were doing. So he's bounced the ball <laughs> back into his finger and broke his finger and dislocated it was out of the rest of the tour. Where was this? India. I think he meant it. I think he bounced it and put his fingers over the ball to get home from India quick. But uh, So he didn't have to bowl 25 overs mm-hmm. with a, an old cherry. So I, I could go through a lot more and, and I'm looking at the names. I'm going, you know what, Brian, I'm only going to do it to you once. Was it was it one of those that happens because he would have massive thud into the ground and the ball slams back in. Looks really funny. 
But did you know straight away it wasn't that funny because he was in trouble or did you well, laugh? Well, it was funny for a little bit till his finger was the other way. I, I did a stupid one actually also. Yeah. On the eve of the 2015 World Cup, I trod on a ball and did my um, did ligaments. Yeah, did my ligaments in my ankle. Yeah. Had to spend the night icing because I, I was the only wicketkeeper in the squad. I, I remember Alex taping it up. Uh, he said, oh, is it going to be? I said, oh, I just put a little bit of that juice in it you normally give the fast bowls and, and got me through the first game and, and – then I was right to go. You know all of the, you know these stories as a journo, no. or they just pass it off. No. Of, oh yeah, he rolled his ankle running between the wickets or something like that. I've got another yeah. stupid one. Okay, <laughs> quickly, Benny. No, I'd be interested <laughs> to know kind of what two of these occurred on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was uh, MCG training night before the first game against England. The other one was in an Ashes series, two thousand eight mm. nine, and Peter Siddle had some trouble running on the wicket, mm. and I never used to catch the bowlers in warm up. And Troy Cooley said, can you come and just line up Sid's and, and, and catch the ball? I said, yeah. He said, oh, I think he's running on the wicket. So I'm watching Sid's. Is he coming in straight, watching? Anyway, the ball's hit me on the end of the finger. And, and just for that split second, I went, oh, 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 no, I've broken my finger. So I didn't want to take my glove off. The toss had already gone up. England are walking out to go on the field. I've walked into Alex, the physio, and I said, I think I've broken my finger. And as I took my glove off, he's doing all the tests and he's moving around and my finger was fine. Then he grabbed it and moved it and he heard it crunch and he goes, you're out of the test. I said, mate, I can do, I've passed all the tests. He goes, no, you're out. Anyway, we've had an argument. He's gone straight and asked for permission, ruled me out. I've gone for an x-ray and this is how our medical staff was. I've come back and and my finger was in 10 pieces, the top bit. It's got like a hinge joint now and six screws and he cheered. (laughs) <laughs> so he was right because he was right I'm going he said that's the only time I've been happy to see an x-ray like that I said mate what do you mean he said because you pass all the tests I think I was in shock um, that it was broken ah uh, okay wow so maybe I'm on that list with Ryan <laughs> oh that's not as stupid as slamming a ball into you and then going home mm. that's like a uh, Sharon, <laughs> pretty stupid. Anyway, Australia. So, yeah, interesting series with uh, West Indies, the tour going on right now. So Australia won the T20 series 2-1. Uh, despite the efforts, any of Hayley Matthews' extraordinary mm. performance, back to back to back, like 310 runs, strike rate of 174, first woman to score 300 runs in a three-match series. Yeah, you're not going to get a better series from a – better than that are you and um it was exceptional it was great that you know made it into a really tightly contested series like the second game at north sydney oval that was one of the great t20 games that Mm -hmm. one 50 over cricket might be a bit more of an issue for the west indies but you know i'm enjoying this period of after all this dominance that australia's had that they are being challenged a bit you know we saw it in the ashes yep saw it in that t20 series and there's been a couple of other upsets around the world as well and i think women's cricket really needs that next tier of teams to come up and, and really put pressure on the top on the top side that's been dominating for so long. And it's not as if Australia's falling off a cliff. I mean, Australia's still got a formidable lineup. It's the the others rising up, and, and players like Hayley Matthews, if they're spread pretty evenly around the world, um, Australia are going to have great series after great series. What well, what I like is teams like the West Indies now are playing to their strengths. They're, they're unbelievable athletes, these women, and now they're starting to play a power game and take Australia on. They're going to have days like this where they get bowled out for Brady 3, but they're also going to have the other days where they score 200 into 2020 and beat Australia. So they're not going to get better waiting for the game. And and what England have done, they took the game to Australia, you'll have bad days. But if you get it right at your Mm. best, 
you'll beat them. Before the style of game that they're playing, at their best, they wouldn't compete with Australia. So hats off to, to everyone. Another one in that I, I think was seen as star. I, I know we've seen Perry Healy. Young Lynchfield, mm. mate, she Phoebe is Lynchfield, a star. Yeah. Did you see her take the game on? Off. She scored, what, 50 off 19 balls and, and she's a star in the making. What was she betting yeah. when she debuted for Sydney Thunder? She was like 16, 15 yeah. or something like that. And you yeah. saw then, you saw yeah. technique, my goodness, what has she been doing in the backyard with um, whoever's yeah. producing the throwdowns because it's just pure. Yeah. I mean, I'm really looking forward actually to the next couple of years with this team because – Usually, when you have champion teams, it's very hard to regenerate. But I think Australia is doing a very good job of laying the platform for that to happen. Players mm. like Litchfield, and because there will be a changing of the guard in the next couple of years, uh, you would expect Healy, Perry, Lanning, these type of players, uh, you know, one by one, are gonna gonna retire. So. It's a test for the Australian team, but I think they're going about it the right way. It's very hard to follow a champion. <laughs> very hard. <laughs> Just ask Nathan Lyon. <laughs> uh, West Indies, by the way, in that first one day, they were bowled out for 83 up in Brisbane. Uh, and then Alyssa Healy was very heavily involved in the game and has got over the rampant disappointment of missing out with timing because she can't uh, try and win the club championship at Longreach Golf Club. Uh, stumping, run out, scored 38. So it's uh, it's good to see Healy in form next game, Thursday, Junction Oval in Melbourne. Get along if you can. Into our risers and fallers to round us out on this episode of Willow Talk. Guys, I don't know if you saw this on Sunday afternoon. It was quite extraordinary at the Karen Rolton Road in uh, <laughs> in Adelaide. <laughs> Even though that track is pretty good, especially for a one-dayer, Jake Fraser-McGurk, who's obviously made the move over to, to South Australia, fastest domestic white ball 100 ever. 29 balls for South Australia against Tasmania. He was out for 125 in the end of 38. And they lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I they couldn't run them down. No, I, I remember years ago, um, Aaron Finch actually said, he said, watch this kid. He, he said he fields better than and Maxwell and he plays a similar role to, to he's taken some ridiculous catches in the big bash, hasn't he, he? He's the guy, he's taken a couple of them on the boundary, like mm. in AFL style, but he's unbelievably athletic. He's he's very explosive with the bat. And, and maybe the move to, to South Australia might have free, freed him up a little bit. And, and now, mate, to, to do that, no matter what oval it is, no matter what surface, to, to do it off 29 balls is a name we've got to watch. Just didn't yeah. have enough help in the end. Mm. Tassie, yeah, Jordan Silk with a century in that one. So Tassie got home elsewhere, rises and fallers. I mean... Where do you put New South Wales dominating Queensland for the start of their Shield game and then not being able to bowl Queensland out in the second? Did, what happened to the pitch? Did it kind of flatten oh, out a bit? Or? Mate, I don't even like the team they picked. I, I reckon they went like a Victoria team of the early 2000s where you pick 15 all-rounders and no <laughs> leg spinner. Mate, pick a leg spinner in there. We've got enough batting. We win that game easy. Uh, a riser, I should say, as well. It's not really a riser because they're up there anyway because they're winning everything. But WA first up, bang, see you later, Victoria. Bind innings. Yes. Uh, the, the depth in West Australian cricket is amazing, isn't it? Their second 11 is probably the second best team in domestic cricket. <laughs> yeah. yeah. it's. Um, I'm just bringing up the scorecard from that game and having a look at who did some good things. It was good to see Will Pukowski back, by the way, in the Victoria outfit. But Cam Bancroft, remember him? Yeah. Teague Wiley, who they've got a massive rap on, just fell short of a century. And Aaron Hardy's there as well. And they got Philippi, they've got Ashton Turner. So, yeah. It's a pretty handy lineup for a shield match with almost mm. the whole team away with uh, the international. And another faller, and you've got a theory on this, Hads, to round us out. So Jarvo69, this idiot who just decides to just, just appear out of nowhere, usually confined to England, 
you know, he's he's just an imposter. So he'll dress up like he's in the team and then go out for the team photo. He made it onto the field uh, for India, Australia, or before the game. Had a chat to Virat Kohli before being escorted off. <laughs> I, I did see a a tweet from a Pakistan journo saying, hang on a minute, so this guy gets a ticket <laughs> and a visa into India, but Pakistan journos can't do the same. It's a fair very, point. Very, very good point. But you've got a theory how to fix this. Well, I have got a theory, and, and lucky Triple M and, and Sam, our producers, come in. Mm. and So we're going to offer a long lunch. Mm-hmm. You, you can stay as long as you want to the first player who coat hangers him or hits this Jarvis, similar to Andrew Simons, we'll call the streaker. It, we'll call it the Simo. We'll call it the Simo Award. Yep. For the great man yep. who just absolutely <laughs> impales someone. Yeah. We'll get a beautiful Jumbo. long lunch. You, you can sit there and <laughs> yep. drink your wine, your spirits at, I don't know, Woolwich Pier looking over the harbour. Someone take him out. Maybe they could um, say, all right, well, you're dressed up in the uniform. Do you want to play? Like, And just have him there and he can face Mitchell Stark for the first uh, couple of balls. Mate, I tell you that I'm just looking at the photo now. The, the guy who's quietly with the evil eyes with his hand on his back just escort him out, mm. he was the security guard with us at the IPL. Mm. There's not a lot of him. No, no, but he's got a switch. Oh, yeah. So I, I would like to know what happened to Jarvo <laughs> once he got outside of the cameras. Is he one of these guys that looks like a lightweight, but he's really mm, like Like a, Benny. And he got, <laughs> just goes bang. 17 Dan Black Belt or something yeah. like that. So I, I'd like to know what happened. But if anyone can put what's the new award, the Simo. Yep. Put mate, a hit on him. Someone knock his head off. What about if it's a Kiwi? Will you still have the long lunch, given how much you love Kiwis? Uh, yeah, I have to stay true to my word. <laughs> Won't be much conversation, but I'll stay true to my word. Hads, we'll, we'll talk later in the week after Australia's next World Cup uh, game, hopefully a better one against South Africa. After a win over South Africa, can't wait. And uh, Benny Horn, thank you, mate. Thanks for having Take us. Take it guys. easy. We'll catch you soon. That was Willow Talk. Have a good one. <laughs>